live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Uh, we live in we, we live in difficult times. There's no question about it. I, I'm not sure anybody two months ago would have anticipated the impact that coronavirus concerns were going to have on, on our everyday life. And we're going to be talking about different aspects of that over the course of the next couple hours. And we're going to try to intersperse it with some other stuff. And I, I understand because, believe me, I am the same way. On, on the one hand, you, you just you turn on the radio you turn on the television, you pick up newspapers, you go on the Internet, and, and it seems like there's just relentlessly bad news, you know, one story after another. And and it's a big deal. I think sometimes, though, I, it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and sometimes if, if all you hear are these horrible stories, sometimes it causes us to lose perspective on things. And, and that's what I figure feel is one of my roles here is to try to offer you, at least in my opinion, my perspective on this without meaning to downplay the significance of what's going on or to um, overplay the significance of, of what's going on. But there's no question that we live in in very, very unusual times. And again, I don't know that anybody could have anticipated 60 or 90 days from now that we would be sitting in a position where we're talking about, I don't know, canceling sports seasons and i i understand that's in the big picture that that's that's a trivial sort of thing um or we're looking at i mean realistically maybe are we going to see our unemployment which a month ago was almost almost non-existent i mean the unemployment rate in this country was three to three and a half percent which is close to what they call structural unemployment which means essentially anybody who's looking for a job can find a job there's always going to be some people who are between jobs or you know you're taking some time off or or whatever so there's always going to be a degree of unemployment but but essentially, we were as close to full employment as I think we've been in a long, long time. And my guess is when the numbers come out next month, you're, you're going to see that's dramatically changed because of the impact this has had on all these various businesses. You've got schools that are closed down. You've got the, these orders that are out there, again, closing down restaurants to in-person service. You've got a lot of businesses which, even though they would not be required to close because of orders, a lot of because of orders of the state, you have a lot of businesses that are just saying, hey, it doesn't make economic sense right now to stay open because – all right. If if you're a travel agent, for example, yeah, okay, maybe you can you know still have your four travel agents you know in in come into the office, but why bother? Because my guess is there's there's not too many people that are booking recreational travel now. All those different factors and and the different spillovers. I use this program from time to time as an electronic town hall, the ability for us to talk about things that are going on. And when you have something that is affecting all of us, 
like this does. And, and look, and I understand it affects some people more than it affects others. If you know somebody that's got the coronavirus, it affects you. If you have, um, I don't know, maybe it's yourself or you have family members who are in the particularly susceptible age bracket to this or have health problems, you're probably terrified of this. I, I mean, I, I understand that. I said yesterday, I mean, my parents both passed a few years back, but I mean, at the last couple of years of their life, they were living in a, in a senior living facility. It would have, I don't know how we would have handled issues like visiting them, things like that, because the last thing that I want to do, and I feel perfectly fine, but the last thing I would want to do is you know, bring some sort of germs, or if you happen to be a carrier for the virus and not know it, last thing you would want to do is infect people who are you know, at a particularly vulnerable population. So there's all these things that are going on, and this affects all of us to you know a different level maybe you're somebody that that works at home and you're just bummed out because you know opening day isn't going to happen you know next week okay that's one level maybe you're somebody else who i don't know has worked your entire life in the service industry the hospitality industry or whatever and all of a sudden out of the clear blue through no fault of your own you find yourself laid off so this is something that affects us all admittedly to different degrees i want to start off the program today by simply asking you a question, which is, how are you doing? (laughs) And I I know that might sound simplistic, it might sound silly, but how are you doing? Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, over the course of today's program, we're going to talk about all sorts of different aspects of the latest developments and from different perspectives on on things. But I, I wanted to start out again with the electric town, the ability that we have here at WTMJ to speak to lots and lots of people. My question is simple. How how are you doing? How are you reacting to this? How has this changed your life just over the course of the last week or two? How are you coping? How are you doing? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Drew is lining up the calls. We're back to discuss in just a moment. It's simple. How are you doing? I'd like to hear from you. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. So how you doing? Greg in Kenosha. Greg, you're first. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I am doing fine. Thank you, sir. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm actually on my way to work. Uh, I work for a grocery store company in northern Illinois. Okay. Uh, I live in Kenosha County, so I'm preparing myself mentally for the disaster, which I'm assuming is forthcoming. By disaster, you mean (laughs) what? (laughs) By by disaster, as as far as uh, it it seems to me that the the panic shopping and, and... the buying of lots of bulk items seems to have hit northern Illinois a little bit harder than Kenosha. I live in the north side of Kenosha, and there's a couple of different grocery stores right near my house, and they all seem to be doing fairly well. I mean, all things considered, they, they look they look pretty good. Right. Uh, but my particular my particular store, it's as if the locusts had come through, and there's nothing left but dirt on the floor. I, I don't know w- why there's such a huge difference across the state line. I I'm sure I'll never know. It's just it seems to be a little bit more harsh down here for whatever reason. Right. Well, and and the bottom line is, at least everything I have have seen over the course of the last several weeks is there's really 
it, it's not like we don't have toilet paper. It's not like we don't have right. chicken. It's it's not like we don't have canned soup. It's just what happens is right. people come in, they panic, and instead of buying a case of canned soup, they buy four cases of canned soup, and they clean out the shelves until they can be restocked. It, right. It, I mean, there, there's, there's plenty there's of food a, for people, right? There is. In, if this is a lesson announced. People have been shopping in grocery stores in civilized society for quite some time, and it's it amazes me how people don't really know how grocery stores actually work and yeah. how we get deliveries and things like that. Yeah. So for holidays, it's one thing you can we can we can prepare months in advance. The warehouse stocks up on things. So, but there's an end of the holiday, like when Christmas comes. Right, we can we can fly back on ordering right. because it's going to be slow here. But for this, there's no way to know when it happens. So even our warehouses are running a little thin. It takes about five trucking days to resupply the warehouses, so the warehouses can resupply right. us. So we've been ordered to kind of scale back on what we bring in until the warehouse can catch up. So I know a lot of these grocery stores, our company included, are starting to scale back on ours because we need time to, to resupply the shelves. That's, right. just how, that's just how it goes. Right. No, thanks for calling. And again, that, that's the important point. It, it It's not like we're going to run out of toilet paper. It, and I swear, it makes no sense to me why people are buying a two-year supply of toilet paper. That that's that, that kind of hoarding and, and panic just makes absolutely no sense. Now, I, I, I was telling this story the other day. My, my wife was going over to the grocery. She was going to make chicken. And, and there was like no chicken. You know, she went to three different stores and, and there was no chicken because people were buying all the chicken they could find with the idea that I guess I guess they were going to freeze a month's worth of chicken. OK, there's and, and the people at the, you know, it, the, the people in the meat counter were saying there's plenty of chicken. We, we've just we've sold all that we have today, but there's going to be come back tomorrow morning. There's going to be plenty of chicken. There, there's not a shortage. We are by giving in to the, this panic that's out there and the panic buying and everybody buying and i'm not i'm not talking about all right like stocking up a little bit i'm not talking about buying that that extra carton of water or something even though they're not going to shut off the water but but okay you want that extra carton of bottled water or maybe you would buy six cans of soup so now you're buying 10 i'm not talking about that i'm talking about you know you're, you're buying six cartons of soup instead of six cans of it more than you can possibly ever use there's not a shortage of food it's just that when you have these temporary runs, everybody freaks out. And what happens is then you start, then it's the panic buying. Oh my God, I wasn't able to get chicken today. So tomorrow I got to go and I got to buy, you know, two months worth of chicken and stick it in the freezer. No, you don't have to do that. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How are you doing? Mary in Lake Geneva. Mary, you're on WTMJ. Hi there. Hi, Mary. <laughs> I am just, I, I just don't understand this hoarding mentality at all. I, I'm with you. <laughs> I have. <laughs> my husband is was today scheduled for surgery, March 30th. We need to be a little more careful around the house. I can't find hand wipes. Luckily, I have a couple of bottles of sanitizer right. I can use. But, folks, you know... Everything is yeah, sometimes it's hard to get the hand soap. Right. Right. E- exactly. 
and, and why do you need a year's supply of hand soap? I mean, it, you, you, the truth is you, you don't. Okay, I, I understand if you're at yeah. the store and you want to buy, I don't know, a couple extra things of it, you know, you know, to, to tide you over for a week or two, but buying six months or a year worth of this stuff, to me, it makes no sense. And it makes things worse because it contributes to this overall panic that I think some people have when they go in and say, oh my God, there's no toilet paper on the shelves. There's no toilet paper because somebody just bought a year's supply of it that they don't need. Right. You know, the other day I walked into Walmart and by gosh, there were six bottles of sanitizer. Right. I took two. So I'd have one in my car right. and one at home. Right. But you, but to your credit, Mary, you didn't take all six. You didn't say, oh my God, I found no. these. I got to buy all six. No, you said, hey, I need two and I got it. Now, thanks. For, see, that's to, to me, that's kind of the, the common sense approach to all this. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Bill in Milwaukee. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Uh, Hi thanks Bill. for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, I'm a salesman. I'm an outside salesman. been doing this 40 years, and uh, I handle everything. I live in Racine, but I handle everything up to Calcana. What, what's the I've nature of your business? Things. What's the What's the type of What do you sell, in general? We sell cutting tools, okay. drills, uh, carbide. Okay. And uh, and uh, so I've got friends that have businesses up there, been dealing with them for you know decades. And so I called them Monday, and I said, "So are you guys open? I mean, what are you doing?" So yeah, no, we're come on in, come on in. And I got a call three hours later, and now. Uh, the owners, which is a friend of mine, his son called and he says, we love you dearly, but no, we're just going to have our staff here. And so I figured if they're doing that, everybody's yeah. doing that. So I can't, I literally can't move out of the office. Have you seen a cutback in your orders? Is your is your business off over the course of the last week or two? Yeah, yeah because uh, people are cutting back on the people that they have. Right, and I I just came went out for lunch at a really good takeout uh, burger place, Martino's in Lane, and I thought they'd be jam packed and they they're really good at taking out orders. Right. There's not one person in there, and they says nobody's been here, and uh, we're open. You know, it's like dead there. Yeah. It surprised me because they're so good at takeout, yeah. but I think people are cutting back on people so much too that they can't afford to have people going. I would forget this stuff. Well, right. No, no, Bill, thanks for calling that. And we see that's one of the things that I wonder is that even, okay, I mean, let's just talk about the hospitality industry, the the restaurant industry. Okay, you do the... You do the the takeout stuff. Well, first of all, that means as a general rule, you're gonna you're not gonna need your servers. So you've got a couple cooks, you've got the owner, and all that. But but at the same time. I, if if people don't buy into that, look, a lot of the dining out experience, a lot of the restaurant experience is is you want to go and you want to sit in the restaurant and you want to you want to have your meal served to you and you want to interact with people. You you take that away and it it cuts off some of the stuff. I I there's there's a place very close to me. I think they make the best breakfasts in Milwaukee. All right, and and as time goes on, I want to try to patronize them, but at the same time, breakfast isn't what you necessarily think of as a takeout meal. So I wonder how many of these businesses, even if they can be open for takeout, are just to your point, Bill, going to reach a point where they decide there's just not enough business to justify coming in and, and turning on the lights. That's why, to the extent 
over the course of the next week or two. And I'm again, I understand that there's some people who are predicting that this is going to be months. I don't know. I'm not that smart. I'm hoping this is shorter rather than longer. And that's why I'm, I'm I mean, I, I think it, to the extent those of us who can make this commitment that, you know, we're, we're going to patronize our, our restaurants. We're going to try to have as much sense of normalcy as possible. I mean, I, we, we already, there's a, there's a place we go to some Friday nights and I know my wife called them yesterday, said, are you going to be open? Well, you know, we're, we're going to stop by and pick up the fish fry. So, I mean, we want to try to keep that sense of, of normalcy. Okay. We continue the conversation. My question is a simple one. It is, how are you doing? Back with more in just a minute. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Now, I, I have a text from Brent who makes the point, Jeff, if people aren't working to make money, it's hard to afford going out to pay for those services as much as we might want to. And, and I agree. I, I understand that. That's why for all of us who are uh, who, whose jobs continue, you know, um, and for whom this is an inconvenience as opposed to just a financial debacle. It's why I think all of us who have the wherewithal and the ability to do that um, maybe need to make a, an extra special commitment to say, hey, we're going to go patronize these places. Let's talk to Lamar in Orlando, Florida. Hi, Lamar. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. How are things in Orlando? Um, so- Things are, it's a ghost town down here because all the theme parks are closed. Uh, and so, and of course, the hotels are not taking uh, new reservations. Um, but that's Orlando. The, the beaches couldn't be busier, which I, I'll never understand. Clearwater is literally crazy right now. Um, and so is Miami Beach. Again, I don't understand, uh, that, that whole logic. But the rush on foods, I've kind of gotten used to because whenever there's a hurricane coming, they do the same thing. They kind of, do a rush on food, and so I've kind of got used to that. It is frustrating, though, because I now work for the airlines, and um, my schedule is weird. And so when I get home, it's I can't make it to the store to do the re, you know the personal restart because everything is right. gone by the time, you know. Um, but uh, flights are empty, and yeah. I do appreciate that people are cleaner now. That that I really appreciate. Like, they're, the passengers are extra clean now, wiping down yeah. their seats, covering their mouths. With, you know, I actually appreciate that uh, from a just a hygiene standpoint. I hope it actually lasts past this pandemic. Well, you know, interestingly, Mar, I, I think that that might be one of the silver linings in this very dark cloud because I think people have probably changed. I mean, I, I, I know I have. I mean, I, that, w- did I know what hand sanitizer was? But, I mean, nowadays I carry a little bottle of hand sanitizer, and every time after I touch stuff, I, I'm using it. I'm getting into that habit, and my guess is – I, I'm, that's going to be a habit I continue for the rest of my life. And, you know, so that's going to be make me safer. It's going to be make people around me safer. So maybe that's that's kind of good news. You know, I understand hurricanes. Hey, the hurricane's coming. You might not be able to, the stores might be closed. You might not be able to get bread for a week or so. But th- this is something I, I guess I just don't understand. W- why do you need a year's worth of toilet paper? Seriously. I scratch my head about that. Even, and I get the point about the hurricane, but in some of the sit, the big cities, I've never, especially here in Central Florida, we've never had like the city closed for that long. Twenty four right. hours have been the longest we've had. So I never really understood, right. at least in this area, why they do it. It makes the, the run on everything 
like that because again, we're not locked down for that. For, well, for, well, right, you know, and, and I know you, I know you're originally from here. I say the same thing every time we have here during the winter. You get a warning of a big snowstorm. Well, we do snow well. I mean, it, you can I can remember you know even the, the worst type of blizzards. Thinking back to 2000, the early 2011, that week of the Super Bowl. Okay, we we had a blizzard, but but a day later, 12 hours later, the stores are open, the roads are clear, people are able to get out and get to the stores. It's it, sometimes people drive me crazy. <laughs> tell you the truth that makes two of us <laughs> thanks Nicole Lamar I, I appreciate it but I, I mean you want to talk about I look I, I understand this is this is hitting everybody but you want to talk about an area that's I, I'm sure just really getting crushed I mean imagine Orlando Florida where you have a good portion of that whole area is dependent on the hospitality industry whether it's Universal or SeaWorld or Disney World which are now all closed down to the hotels to all the bars and restaurants Back to take your calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're, we're going to focus our discussion a little bit as, as we move on. But I wanted to start off the program, uh, again, understanding that this is... This forum is what I consider to be an electronic town hall, and it's a chance for us to come together when there is an event that is impacting all of us. And my question is simple. It's four words. How are you doing? Let's talk to um, Mike in Marquette, Michigan. Hi, Mike. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. I love Marquette, Michigan, by the way. I used to, uh, when I was in high school, we used to go up there for um, debate workshops at Northern Michigan University in August. Great place. Great time to be there. Yep, pro graduate, 2012, and oh. I've lived here ever since. <laughs> Outstanding. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, um, with a few caveats. So my, uh, I work at a collision shop here in Marquette, and we had a conference call between our three shops, between uh, Iron Mountain and Escanaba and here, that uh, our employment is um, essentially going to be week-to-week, uh, seeing as how there are less people on the roads right. and, you know, fewer customers coming through. Um, my wife, uh, she's five and a half months pregnant, yeah. and she works at a daycare at a, at a church. Right. So she was just informed that her employment as of tomorrow is going to be on hold for a little while. But uh, what happened was they uh, they gave her something of a stimulus, I guess, where... It equals out to about a month's worth of her pay. Okay. So they're not really closing down for, like, you know, the coronavirus preparation per se, but it's more or less... uh, Right. Uh, they have like four kids all week total scheduled. Right. So there, there's just like a skeleton crew of just her and maybe two other people. Yeah. You know, see, that that's what I kind of wonder, What at least short term, Mike, because it, it's like... Okay, the, the daycare your, your wife works at, there's just, people aren't bringing as many kids in, so they just don't need as many people. Same sort of thing, I, I guess, like I say, in your business. Your, your business could stay open. You don't, you, it, it's, you don't have to close, but it might make sense to close because the work has just dried up so much because people aren't driving as much, so there's not as many accidents, so there's not as much work to do. It's, that's kind of what's going on, huh? Yeah, that's correct. And the body techs, uh, they have voluntary layoffs right now, and I'm sure it's going to thin out as the weeks go on. But uh, 
Uh, you, you touched on the hospitality um, industry right. up here. We rely heavily on tourism and, yeah. and hospitality, and it's been a gut punch to, to oh, the yeah. industry. In fact, some of these uh, restaurants, they, they, you know, they all do the takeout only, but uh, some of them have just closed entirely because right. it, it's just not cost effective for them to stay open. Yeah, there, there's a big restaurant group down here. Matter of fact, um, they, they own. Uh, uh, Cafe Benelux and the Cafe Hollanders it, it employ hundreds of people. They just announced that they're they're shutting down. They said that they they tried the takeout model, and and my guess is they don't necessarily say it in the press release, but my guess is what they found was that they weren't able the, the takeout model and the delivery model wasn't working well enough to generate enough revenue to justify bringing everybody in. I, I think, and, and that's I mean that's that's just kind of the reality. Um, hang in there, Mike. I I. I Look, I, I don't mean to be Pollyanna about this, and I always hate to say these things because uh, that then people, you know, say, "Oh, you're, you're downplaying the significance of this." And I'm, I'm really not. I just think that I, I think that this too will pass. I just hope it passes quickly. I, I just I don't see how you can shut down this this country for a month or, or two months. I, I think we're going to have to find some sort of happy medium. And I guess I'm hoping that by doing what we're doing now, that means that, that maybe two or three weeks from now, we, we can kind of bounce back and, and you can get people back to, to working. That That is my hope. Maybe three weeks from now, I will have been proved to be completely wrong, but I'm hanging on to that. Um, Gianni in Montello, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Oh, yes, Jeff. Um, hey, listen, we're doing just fine up here. Um, there are shortages with the, uh, you know, the staples and uh, paper products, but um, that's not why I called. There's a topic that um, I, I think uh, no one is, is talking about, and that is, I think Ted Koppel wrote a book on it. I haven't, I haven't yet to read his book. It's on my reading list, but that's the, the, um, the power grid. I mean, if you think this is bad, um, just Wait, wait till the power grid goes out, and um, then we're going to be in real trouble. So, um, mm-hmm. why is nobody talking about this? Uh, power is essential. Um, this is, you know, this will pass, as you say. But, well, I guess, um, I guess, I, that I mean, scares, I mean, that scares me more than anything. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks for I guess because I, at this point in time I, I don't think that there's any evidence suggesting that the the power grid is impacted or like the, the water the our, our ability to get water is going to be impacted or, or things like that and I guess I'm just kind of in a position that I think well, look we, we have enough stuff to worry about whether it's people you know um, who are particularly susceptible and vulnerable getting this disease to the financial impacts that we're going to be talking about I just I, you know, there's only so many boogeymen that you can deal with at, at a, at a time. And I guess I, just like with 9-11, I'm, I'm, not, I'm sorry, just like with Y2K, you know, 20 years ago, I, I remember, you know, people were saying, oh, you're just not, you know, you're just not preparing for it. I, I didn't worry that planes were going to fall out of the sky. And at least th- at this point in time, I haven't seen evidence to suggest that, oh, we're, we're, we're not going to have power. We're not going to have water or things like that. And like I say, Lord knows there's enough to worry about without, other stuff. Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm actually from the UP and uh, I'm driving through. This is my first time listening and I'm super stoked because it's been a great show so far for the drive, making the drive a lot easier. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Okay, so how are you? How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm uh, actually driving down to Florida. I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, 
up in the UP, we are a lot smaller community up there, but it's really great to see. Um, I'm actually in local radio there. Our uh, community is actually coming together, and um, we're providing food pantries and stuff for, you know, takeout lunches for kids and stuff. So the community is really coming together. Yeah. It is hitting it pretty hard because the governor put out last Monday that we had to, all the businesses that were serving foods and stuff had to stop and slow down. So the big concern, obviously, is what are we going to do and how long is this for? Right. So and how, and how long I mean, can it, some of those businesses stand to be shuttered? You know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say a week. It's another thing to say a month, for example. Absolutely. We had uh, one, ex- uh, St. Patty's Day was a big day because we have a, a local business that sells Rubens like crazy. Right. So they had to switch from a dine-in to a takeout. And I was talking to him prior to the, the, the event, and he ended up selling out all of his Rubens oh. by 2 o'clock. So that was good. Oh, <laughs> but that- um, he was like, we're, we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars that I'm going to be losing because I can't open my bar. Right. So. Right. No, that's what I thought of. I mean, this, 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 there, there's never a good time for this. But this happened. I mean, let, let's just talk about certain aspects of, say, that the hospitality and, and industry. I mean, you you have the NCAA tournament and St. Patrick's Day are just huge, huge periods of time for for bar and restaurant owners. I mean, the bars the bars Absolutely. are packed. You know, sh- people are shoulder to shoulder. And and yeah, I mean, it's great that people go and they buy their corned beef sandwiches or whatever, and they take them home. But that's from a bar perspective that, that there's thousands and thousands of dollars of revenue that you've lost that you're just not going to get back again. And that's and those are the people I really feel for. Absolutely. I, what I was confused about was why is everybody buying toilet paper? You think if if uh, it's luckily we didn't have a bout of diarrhea where <laughs> all the nasal sprays would be gone or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. No. Th- 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 hey, thanks for listening, Mike, and I, I appreciate it. I'm glad you liked the show. Um, I, 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 you know, I just, I, I think part of this, part of it is human nature, and I understand this. You, you want to do something. You, you see all the stuff going on that is beyond your control, and and so you you want to do something. You you can't do anything about the people who've gotten sick. You can't do anything about the closures that the government is ordering. But you know what? You you can say I'm going to go out. I'm going to take care of my family, and I'm going to buy all the toilet paper I can. And and I know that might sound silly, but I think that that's part of the thing that that's going on. I I know for a lot of us. What's been going on in the stock market over the last month has it's just been 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 dreadful. I mean, almost now the stock markets, the Dow is up 235 points as we speak. But I mean, as of as of yesterday, um, when I was on the program and at the close of the Dow yesterday, the, the stock market was below where it was when President Trump was inaugurated in January of 2017, meaning all all the money, the paper money that people made. Um, over the last three years is gone in the, in the course of a month. And trust me, I, I understand as somebody who sits here and I've got my Wall Street Journal page open and my Market Watch page open and I'm watching what goes on in the markets. Trust me, I, I understand the, the frustration you feel when you're going, oh my God, I just lost, you know, X amount of dollars on, on paper. Now I happen to believe the market's going to rebound, but it's that feeling of, of frustration. You want to do something. I want to do something. And as a general rule, I think most financial analysts will tell you when you're in that kind of panic mode, that's the last time in the world that you really want to do something because most of the times the thing that you end up doing turns out to be the wrong thing. Just saying. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
so very glad to have you with us. Such interesting times. You know, I, I mentioned yesterday that I I went to the Department of Motor Vehicles in, in West Bend. The deal was my driver's license was due to expire in in, in a couple months, on my birthday. And so I, I needed to get a new driver's license. It wasn't just the, the idea that you could send in the money and, and renew it. I also wanted to get that real ID driver's license because the way it stands now Starting in October, if you want to fly, you need to have, and you want to use your driver's license for TSA purposes, it has to have that star on the top of it. It has to be the the real ID. Now, I don't need one of those because I have a passport and I've got a global entry card, but I, I wanted to see what the process was so that you know, we could talk about it. So you and I could talk about it. That's That was the, the whole idea. So my, my renewal stuff came a couple weeks ago, and, and, and actually... The, the DMV, it couldn't have been easier to work with. I, I got it. I went online. I made an appointment at the West Bend office for yesterday morning at, at 9 o'clock. You know, they, they tell you what you need to bring. If you want the real ID, there's you, you have to you just have to take a moment and prepare it because what you have to do is you have to come in with proof of citizenship, either a certified copy of your birth certificate or a passport. You know, I have a passport, an unexpired passport. I brought that. You have to have your Social Security card or some other approved sort of thing that has your Social Security number. So no problem. I had my Social Security card. And then, in my case at least, since my address was different than it was eight years ago, you had to have like a utility bill or, or something for proof of address. So, it, I mean, it took me three minutes to assemble all the stuff, drove out to West Bend, and I was kind of curious as to, with all these closures, were they going to keep the DMV open or not? And got there five minutes to nine, ten minutes to nine, um, had my appointment. They, they got to me right away. I was out of there by ten minutes after nine, so it couldn't have been easier. And um, I've got my little certificate, and they say they're going to send you your driver's license. You get it in the mail in five to ten business days, so that's fine. But obviously my timing was okay because yesterday afternoon I saw that Governor Evers has decided, and, and it, it's kind of like this expanding thing, and that's if I would be critical of the way the governor has handled this, it would be the kind of whack-a-mole approach that we've had to closures. You know, one day it's 500. Then the next day it's gatherings of 50. Okay, the restaurants figure we can stay open, we'll just limit. Then the next day it, it's 10. And then we have, okay, well, child care can stay open. And then the next day it's, no, we're not going to let child care. Child care can stay open, but only if there's a limited number of kids that are there, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it was interesting because, like I said, they, they left the DMV open. Well, yesterday afternoon they announced that, the DMVs would be closing for cleaning on Friday, and then when they reopen, they will reopen only for very limited purpose, um, for at least in-person servicing. What they said is that um, to do what I wanted to do, if you wanted to get renew your driver's license, you're not going to be able to do that you know, in person. Or um, And what they said was, let's keep driving with your old driver's license. It'll be good for an extra 60 days. But they're only going to be open for very, very limited purposes. So in this case... I they they did a great job. My I, my my timing was fine, but again we're starting to see the these closings just ratchet up more and more. One of the things that we discussed yesterday was in some of these businesses where even though they're not dealing with large numbers of people, I mean what what do you do if you're a massage therapist? What do you do? If you're a barber or a hairdresser, I mean, we had a really interesting segment yesterday about, you know, what, what, what do people do? It, and what if you 
have a situation where, let's say, your barber or your hairdresser, you know, works in a very small salon. So there's only maybe two or three stylists or, or whatever that are there. So you're not going to exceed the numbers. But th- you want to talk about something where you really do have close contact. You're not maintaining that that six foot social distance. If you've got somebody that's cutting your hair or washing your hair or whatever, uh, you know, how does that you know, how do you balance all that out? So there's all those different things that are going on. And then there's the big picture stuff. Summerfest is late June. Now, I happen to think here we are in in mid-March. I, I don't think just like we didn't know two months ago where we would be today. I think it's very difficult to know with certainty where we're going to be two weeks from now, four weeks from now, or, or three months from now. But, you I mean, you do have to make contingency things. My, my understanding is there was a meeting of the Summerfest board today, and they were discussing all the various options that, that are out there, saying, okay, well, what, what, what happens if this, this goes on and on? And in some respects, from a perspective of Summerfest, they, you can have the best plans in the world, but if you have all these acts that you've booked, all these bands that you've booked, and they decide that they're canceling their tours, well, okay, what, what are you going to do? There, there's not much control of it you have. So they're considering all sorts of alternatives. Now, like I say, there, there's, there's a time limit. I mean, you, you've got, now it's March, Summerfest doesn't kick off till June, so you've got some time to let this thing all play out. But I mean, they're they're trying to be proactive with this. I, I listen to a lot of music on the radio when I'm driving around and I'm not listening to, to talk radio and there's not too much on sports radio right now. So what what I end up doing is I, I you, you hear about these different performers and artists who are at least canceling the spring legs of, of their tour. Right now, it's too soon, I think, to make any definitive decisions about Summerfest. But you know, all these different businesses are trying to decide how do we how do we proceed, and kind of taking a day to day, which is, I think, the way that we have to proceed. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about the business impact of this because, aside from the health issue, and, and obviously, you don't want to get it. You don't want people you know to get coronavirus. But, you know, the other effect of this, you've got people who are getting sick. That's a big deal. But you have people who are losing their jobs, who are being laid off. You have businesses that are being just economically devastated. We're going to talk about that aspect of the story in just a couple minutes. Please don't go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Eric Bilstead. Yes, sir. When, when I am preparing the show, and I, I start thinking about the show, generally speaking, the night before, and then obviously in the morning in the lead up, I, I, I kind of ask myself questions. I, I, I find all these issues that are out there in the world, and okay. I ask myself do I care about them? And then why do I care about them? And then do I think that the people, that anybody would listening to us would, would care about them? But, but the first question that I ask is, is do I care about it? Because there will be times, there will be issues over the last couple decades of doing the show that I, I know maybe every other talk show host in America has been talking about a particular issue, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't because I don't care about it. You know, I mean, it just, it, it does not interest me. And I figure that if it doesn't interest me, 
I'm not going to do a compelling job. You can't fake it. Right, and I I don't want to. I mean, there's enough stuff. I I have an inquiring mind. There's enough stuff going on in the world that just absolutely fascinates me that I'd love to talk to to people about that I don't don't need to invent the the stuff. Okay, so we live in interesting times. There's all sorts of stuff going on that I I care very much about. I I care just in, I I care about, you know, how we're going to control this disease. I care about making sure that people don't get infected. I care about, especially people who are extremely vulnerable. I I care about that. I I care very much about the people who, through no fault of their own, are now losing their jobs or being laid off, and especially the folks who live from paycheck to paycheck, how how they're going to deal with that. I care about that very much. I care about the mentality of of hoarding and people you know rushing and taking all that stuff away I, I care about all those different things i'm concerned about oh i don't know what this is doing to travel and all that type of stuff and i so i care about all that i, I spent about 15 minutes on a topic last night and then got, got all my research materials and then i just kind of put it down and said you know with everything going on in the world and in this country and in this community i just i and maybe every other talk show in the country is talking about it today. I just don't care. You know what that issue is? I just don't care. You know what that uh, issue is? Is it is it coronavirus related? It's coronavirus okay. related. Uh, but I just don't care. All right. Um, whether or not it's called uh, the China virus. Absolutely. Yes. Got, I got it. it. Right. And we did not rehearse. I, I mean, look, I, okay, for, for people who haven't been following the story, and, and there's one story after another. Okay. President Trump. <clears throat> has been referring to this, the coronavirus. He's been calling it the the Chinese virus. And his justification is it started in China, which, which, which it did. And he's also hacked off that Beijing through their state-run media, has been trying to blame this on the U.S. You know, they've been putting out this, this narrative, which is, is false, saying this was, it was U.S. military people that brought it to China, and so the U.S. started that. And, and that's false, and Trump is fill-in-the-blank, you know, whatever word you sure, want to use. Sure. He's hacked off, so he's calling it the, 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 the China virus. Chinese, Chinese virus. virus. Yep, yep. And then, of course, you have all the, these other people out there, many of whom don't like the president, they're... They're saying, oh, this is xenophobic, and they're all mad at Trump for referring this. And I, I spent about 15 minutes of my life last night that I went back, like pulling all the stories about, you know, the different people who have the different attitudes on this. And then I just had this kind of comes the dawn moment where it occurred to me that given all the other stuff we're dealing with, I just flat don't give a rat's rump <laughs> about you know whether whether the president wants to call this the the China virus Chinese virus or or not. I mean, I, and I, I understand you can make reasonable people can make arguments on either side of the issue. I just don't care. Yeah, you know? Okay. I, I, that's so you know if you're tuning into this program today to hear you know a, a thirty minute dissertation or discussion about you know is it unreasonable to criticize the president for that? You're not because. I just don't care one way or the other. You know, I mean, it's on the one hand, it's Trump being Trump. I understand why he's doing that on purpose. On the other hand, I I understand why some people might say, oh, this is xenophobic. It's not helping. I just don't care one way or the other. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're passionate about it. Well, well, no, I'm passionate passionate about about your dispassionate. Well, right. And I I, I do. (laughs) As I'm reading all this stuff last night and it's and of course, you've got all the columnists and all this type of stuff. I, I, I am. Every once in a while, I, I just I am amazed at the the lack of perspective that we get on certain things, and I'm thinking, 
okay, don't you realize what's going on? If, if, you're a, if you're a columnist for the New York Times or the Washington Post or a commentator on TV, don't you realize all the stuff that's going on? You're, you're going to actually spend four or five hours of your life deciding that this, this is the thing you want to focus on? Why don't we focus on figuring out, I don't know, how we can get food to the food banks or something like that? So this is a Chinese virus uh, this is a Chinese virus-free zone. All right. All right, there you go. All right. The, the solution, or at least one of the things that we are, we as the country, are looking at doing to bolster the economy and to help deal with the short-term hit that this is causing to businesses and to individuals. The idea is that we are going to have an economic stimulus plan. And the plan, it, it's still taking effect. But, but at least in theory, it will be all Americans or most Americans who are impacted by this will, in the next couple of weeks, get a check for $1,000. And then... A few weeks later, you will get another check for $1,000. The plan is that people will take this this money and they will spend it to kind of jumpstart the, the economy. You know, maybe as like in the last hour, somebody was saying, hey, I, I'd love to go out and I'd love to support some of these restaurants in the community that are doing these takeout kind of things. But the truth is, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at a layoff. I don't have the money to go out and do that. So the idea is, all right, we're, we're going to get money into people's hands, a thousand bucks, and then maybe a thousand bucks a few weeks later, with the idea that they are going to spend it. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's my question. Is this a good idea? Now, this is a, a massive government program going to cost $500 billion, probably going to lead to some um, deficit spending. So you're going to make the deficits worse, but you're going to put money in the hands of, of Americans. There's nothing that says how you have to spend th- this money. I mean, for example, you could take your $1,000 and you could say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to cash this check. I'm going to put it in my savings account. You, you could do that. Now that would I mean, even by putting it in your savings account, I, I guess you stimulate the economy in a way because you give the bank more money than it could loan out. But but I think the idea behind this is they want people to go out and they want people to, to use it to pay their bills or to, to buy stuff to theoretically help a lot of these businesses that have been cut back. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I actually happen to think that this is a good idea. And I understand that there's a number of very principled conservatives who, who think that this is, is wasteful. It's not going to accomplish what you need to accomplish for a variety of reasons. I like it. Do you like this idea? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're on the line, hold on. We discuss in a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Helen in Fond du Lac. Hi, Helen. Hi. I um, think it would be a good idea as long as the people spend the money. But um, a few days ago on your program when you asked the question about what would you do with it, there was a good majority said they were going to pay off their credit card or, mm-hmm. or pay down a debt, and that I don't see how it would help that much. 
But if they actually spend it, like they talk about going to the carry-out restaurants and to, uh, um, they could order their kids some spring clothing, like from Kohl's online. That that I think would help. Right, or or putting it towards their if they're if they were thinking about buying new windows or whatever, they're putting it towards that. How do you think people will spend it? I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, how, how, how yeah. they would spend it. How would you spend yours? Well, <laughs> I'm at, I am retired, and okay. actually, I wouldn't need the money. Got it. So okay. I possibly would give it to church. Oh, well, that, I know oh. they can need it, especially in these times now when they're closed and we still have our teachers and pastors to pay. Right. No, absolutely. Well, bless your heart, Helen. That, I mean, that's that's getting it into society. No question about that. 855-616-1620. Right. What, are, is the stimulus a good idea? And, and I think it is, in particular, if, if people... Do it, and I and I felt the same way in two thousand eight when when we had the last stimulus program that I remember. I, I mean, I, I felt the same way. But the trick is, people have to put that money to work. I believe most people will. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Jeff and Franklin. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Well, I was just wondering, as a practical matter, will there be enough places for people to spend this money? Because so many businesses are closed that it will have the effect, have the desired effect. You see where I'm coming from? I, I do. I guess I, none of us know when we're going to get closer back to normal. I guess I'm, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping it's sooner rather than later. But yeah, your your point is, hey, if if this comes out in a couple weeks and we're we're still all everything is closed what are people going to do with it because I, I will tell you right now jeff i i don't a lot of the things that i would normally spend money on i don't because they're not open i can't do this i can't go to movies right. i can't go to ball games i can't go to you know i i, I can't go to bars i can't go to restaurants mm-hmm. you know the, the golf course i play at is closed i there i can't spend money even if i had it and i wanted to yeah, yeah like all the mall stores are closed if you wanted to go buy shoes at least if yeah. it's a store in a mall you can't patronize it because they're closed yeah no i mean that's a, i mean thanks i mean that that's a very good point now again i was just talking about this with somebody during one of the breaks i i still think that this is i think that this is going to break i think that the effect of this and I, I wish i could tell you when believe me i do but i mean i think this is going to be like kind of a fever uh, to, to use the, the analogy you know you, you've got this fever and then all of a sudden you know you, you take that nap and you wake up and you you feel hey that the fever has broken i think that's going to happen and i think once that does happen there there is going to be this incredible pent-up demand i mean i was making this argument yesterday that i i think that you know i think the airlines I think the hotels, I think the rental car industry, I think the travel business with let's let's put cruising aside for just a minute. But I think the travel business in general, I think the desire to go to Disney World or Disneyland or SeaWorld or, you know, Six Flags or whatever, I think that's going to come back really really strongly. And I think once people get this money, assuming we've gotten past the quarantines and things, people will spend it. Let's talk to Mark in Florida. Hi Mark. Hey, Jeff. Uh, uh, great topic again. And um, I'm here in Central Florida. It, 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 the people are going about their everyday lives. But there's going to be little areas of mini recession throughout the country because of this. Mm-hmm. And in, in the psyche of people, 
to be positive and to be objective is what they look for and to know that there's help there if they really need it. Um, then they develop a positive attitude again. They go about their everyday lives again, and everybody gets helped. Um, what I worry about is this package should be passed. I agree with you. It's a positive thing on the image level and on an economic uh, real-world level. But I'm worried a little bit about those uh, instant scammers over the phone or over whatever, the Internet, and they're oh pick up your aid package here at the local federal office at 1-800 or whatever. Right. Do you think? No, I I mean, thanks to call. You know, I I think, you know, you raise a very interesting point because, unfortunately, what happens a lot of times is in in times of – and we've seen this – okay, you you saw it earlier this week with, like, the the hoarding. Remember, it was a story that that ran in the the New York Times on Sunday about these two brothers from Tennessee who were, to their credit, they were a little bit ahead of the curve. You know, they saw that once this coronavirus was starting, here's what they're going to do. They're going to go buy up all the hand sanitizer they can find in a two-state region, and then they're going to sell it on Amazon and eBay. They're going to sell a dollar bottle of sanitizer for 80 bucks, and they're proud of it. They, They give an interview to the New York Times, and they're up Upset because eBay and Amazon shut them down. Well, okay, th- there's always going to be people who profit here. And to your point, there's always going to be th- those scammers that are going to be out there. They're going to try to figure out a way to separate people. I, and I know they're out there, and, and when they get identified and when they pop up, you, you, you know, you hope that the authorities are going to come down on them like a ton of bricks. But, you know, the bottom line is, I, I think, again, I think people are basically good. Maybe that's just a maybe that's a silly attitude to have, but I think most people are basically good, and and I think I think this money will help people, particularly those who are are being hit really hard. Hopefully, this week, next week, hopefully it gets better sooner rather than later. Let's talk to um, Steve. Steve in Genesee, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Steve. Music minutes, okay, sorry, I lost Steve. Let's talk to, oh, I'm sorry, Steve in Genesee. I hit the wrong button. Oh, that's me. Hi, Steve. Yep. Hey, how are you today? Good. What do you think? So I, I kind of follow the same uh, uh, thought pattern as Jeff was talking about of the inability to go out and spend the money right now. Uh, it's a good idea to get the money. I think it will uh, put a good influx into the economy. And I think most of the most people in general will spend that money, and I know I'll be part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's for camping or golfing or whatever, uh, uh, we get, we're going to have to put this money back into the economy once we can get above this ten-person limit. Yeah, I, well, well, right. And I, I mean, I think again, I think most people, most people are going to do that. Now, obviously, for for some folks. Um, you're, who are living paycheck to paycheck and find themselves like laid off or whatever, obviously that money is going to go towards you know, paying the utility yeah. bills or, or making that car payment or something like that. But I think for a lot right. of folks, and, and, and by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if that's, you know, if that's, if that's there to help people out and, you know, your priority is, hey, I got to get this car payment made. I got to pay the utility bills. I, I think that that's great. That's part of the reason the money's there. But I think there's a exactly. lot of other people who'll say, hey, you know, we're going to the movie or we're going to the ball right. game or whatever. Right. Agreed. Yeah, that's no, that works for me. Let's talk to Matt in Oshkosh. Matt, you're on WTMJ. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Matt. Um, 
I wish they would change uh, the, the verbiage from stimulus to survival. I don't even know if they're calling it stimulus, but I'm a landlord up here, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be welcoming this package uh, just so my tenants can be able to support themselves and take the stress of not being able to pay rent, um, which, of course, directly impacts me. And, you know, the cash flowing through my business uh, then goes forward into other businesses and, I'm not really so much concerned about baseball games and movies and golfing and stuff like that. I think it's survival mode for a little while. Yeah. And, you know, food and such. Well, well, right. Um, again, especially for the folks. Look, look, there's a, there's a lot of folks for whom what's going on now is, is an inconvenience. And there's other folks for whom, and I, I'm putting aside the whole health issue. I'm talking about just a, it's it's an inconvenience. You you can't go out to your favorite places. You can't do the stuff that you're used to doing. But for other people, it is it's a financial crisis. If you're if if you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you've got you know you got to work to get your bills paid, and all of a sudden you know you're laid off, and you don't know when you're getting back. Yeah, to your point, that that thousand dollars, it it's a whether it's survival, it's a lifeline, and and I I think it's it, it's appropriate under these circumstances. Yeah. Hey, thanks. We are fortunate to be well healed. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. No, right. I mean, again, for, uh, again, it's, it's, again, for some of us, this is, and again, I'm not talking about the health aspects. I'm talking about the financial aspects. For some of us, this is an inconvenience. For other people, it is a survival type of thing, and that's why I I think in times of of economic turmoil, in times of crisis, this is one of the things that government does. Now, I'm I'm a small G government guy, and and I'm not one of these people who believe that government can come in and control could 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 control your life and should you know make this promise to take care of everybody from cradle to grave. That's not my philosophy. But in extraordinary situations, I think this is one of the roles of government. Back with more in just a moment. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. All right, we've been spending a lot of time, appropriately so, about the last couple days, talking about the economic impact of all the people who have been effectively laid off because of the coronavirus, whether it's the mandatory closings of the businesses. So if you work in the hospitality industry, boom, you're, it, you know, it's gone. If you, if you work, you know, if you're a restaurant server, boom. I mean, chances are, you know, you're, you're probably not working right now. The movie theaters, you know, all, all these different things. People have been told, okay, stay home, businesses are closed, whatever. There's also, as I was talking about earlier, the, the inevitable spill-off that happens when you know businesses just end up closing because the demand has has dried up. You know, we're gee, you're in the you, you run a rental car place. Okay, well, um, nobody's renting cars right now. I'm just using that as an example. So it doesn't make any sense if you'd normally have five people on staff to handle the rent-a-car stuff, in my example. Maybe you only need one, or maybe you just decide, hey, there's not enough interest right now. We're not even going to keep the doors open because of what's happened to demand. So you've got all the people who are losing their jobs involuntarily. What about the flip side? What about the people who are still working? And, And let me give you an example of this. The... The, the big three automakers, all right, the big three automakers were continuing to pump out cars up until yesterday. They announced that they, they were going to be shutting down their, their plants. And 
the biggest driving factor, now there were multiple factors, but one of the big driving factors as to why they did it was because their employees said, hey, we, we don't want to come in. We don't want, we don't want to work. We are, and not, and not saying they don't want to work isn't don't want to work, but you know, we're, we're afraid that we're going to get sick. We're, we're afraid that by, by coming in and interacting with each other and who knows where your fellow worker has been, et cetera, et cetera, we're, we're afraid that, you know, we're, we're going to get sick. And, and yeah, you can talk about social distancing all you want, but for example, if you, if you're a factory worker or whatever, you know, the chances are, you know, maybe you're able to stay six feet apart from somebody, but but maybe you're not able to do that. So a number of, of workers have gone into their bosses and said, hey, we feel uncomfortable with this. We don't want to come in to work. And there's some people who can telecommute and they can work from home. We're going to talk about that in the next hour of the program. But there's other people, you know, effectively, if you're working on a production line, for example, okay, you know, you, you've got to be on, on that line. And if, you know, you're concerned about getting sick, then the question becomes, do you come in? We have a lot of businesses that are staying open. We, we've got the, the, the grocery stores. I mean, that's we've got the pharmacies. You've got a lot of businesses that are, in fact, staying open for where, you know, it's it's business as usual. The, the, the condo complex that I live in. They've got like lawn care guys, you know, who work for some outside company. You know, this morning as I'm getting ready for the show, their their trucks pull up, they're out there, they're doing the trimming, they're doing whatever. Now, again, it's a handful of guys. They're they're separated and stuff, but but they're working. So here's my question. 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We we all know that the people who have been involuntarily displaced who aren't working right now, I think by and large are pretty hacked off. They're feeling the pain of this. But I want to talk about the flip side. What about the people that are still working, that are still expected to come in? Do you have a problem with that if you're one of those folks? I mean, if your company is saying, hey, it's, it's, it's business as usual, you know, you're, if you're a truck driver, Okay, that that's a key sort of role. I mean, yeah, you're you're out on the highways, but I mean, we we need it. We need you to get the stuff from you know point A to to point B. I keep saying that there's no shortage of food. There, there's not to the extent that there's a problem in grocery stores. It's that people come in, they buy everything before the things can be restocked. You know, we we need the truck drivers. We need you know people out there doing stuff. If you're if you're working retail, my guess is that. Okay, maybe you're still working. And again, there, there might be sort of rules that are going on, but you're still working. Are you glad for that? Or is this, hey, it's kind of scary out there if, um, you know, if it's not safe for restaurant workers or whatever to be, you know, working, why, why should I have to work? 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss it from that perspective in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This is kind of the flip side of the topic. We've spent a lot of time talking about people who've been involuntarily laid off. I want to talk about those people who are still working. Um, how do you feel about it? Are, are you, you feel that you're at risk? You feel that, hey, I should be at home self-quarantining like everybody else? Here's a text. Jeff, I'm a UPS driver. I'm busy as ever. I have 0% worry about this. Um, let's see. Uh, dot, 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 dot. 
Um, uh, let's see. Jeff, thinking, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Jeff, I'm a self-employed hairstylist. I just made the decision to close for everyone's health including my own. Jeff, my daughter works at a daycare center for uh, handicapped children um, of necessary, it's necessary and of necessary government employees. While she'd like to be home and less exposed to others, so far it's business as usual at her facility. She is considered to be an essential worker. Jeff, um, what about farmers? Yeah, that, that's, you know, that that's the thing. You're a dairy farmer, for instance. Those cows, they, they don't know coronavirus from Adam. I mean, they, they just know that they need to be milked two or three times a, a day. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's talk to Dawson in Oak Creek here on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Dawson. Um, I'm a truck driver. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be working, uh, especially because I'm not like a salary worker or anything like that. Uh, the only thing I kind of am running into is uh, <laughs> my biggest problem is, like, going to the bathroom. Uh, some of these places are, you know, very, very locked down right, right. now. And uh, not to be a germaphobe, but, like, you don't know who was in there before you. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's kind of a, the game you're playing. And uh, also, you know, things have to be moving. Uh, I go down right. to Chicago quite a bit and uh, run containers. And uh, it's, you know, right. a lot dirtier, to say the least, down there than uh, some of the places I go to just deliver up here. Um, you know, so, you know I, I'm worried about it, but it's kind of like a thing where I have no choice. Right. And, uh, and it's your job. what I got to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting you talk about, like, the rest areas. I Over the last couple of days, I've gotten a number of texts and emails from long-haul truckers who say that, you know, along a lot of interstates, one of the things they've done is they've closed down a lot of the rest areas, which is creating... Yeah. You know, a problem for for truck drivers who who need to you know who need to answer the call of nature. Yeah, yeah and it's you know it's not just that. I mean, imagine the people who do live out of a truck. I'm thankful that I get to go home every night. Right. Uh, but you know, you got to eat food and worry about even just staying sanitary by you know right. washing your hands. And when that's not even available, what are you to do? And yeah, uh, the other issue I'm kind of having is my work. You know, yeah, we're doing all we can to stop the spread and all that but there isn't much of a hey this is what we're doing for you to make sure you're not going to get sick out there on the road right no thank you uh, no i, no, I appreciate that no thanks i mean the one thing i, I will say um is like, like for example around here th- there's only essentially only the, the only people in our in our building at least the radio side of the building right now are the on-air people our producers a couple engineers and somebody from management our big boss, Steve Wexler, was just in dropping off, dropping off uh, Lysol and things like that, which which is great. But I mean, everybody else that can work from home is in fact working from home. So I mean, we've been very very proactive about that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what what can we do to make people comfortable? Let's talk to Steve in Lake Geneva. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Hey Jeff, how's it going? I I work for an airline, so um, what what do you do? I, if, what do you do? You're, you're a pilot. Okay, got it. Okay. I'm a pilot, so and so is my wife. So we've been effectively benched or grounded for the last uh, couple, three weeks. But uh, even so, we're still fanning airplanes. I know a lot of friends who, who are mechanics, they're not as worried as off of the hand. But, you know, our agent friends and our flight attendant friends, are they don't they don't want to work. They don't want to go to work and, and be on an airplane. Uh, having said that, the 787 is a very, very clean airplane in terms of uh, – it's filtration systems, very, very hospital grade. So I just throw that out there. But right. 
still, there's a lot of people amongst us at the airport and on airplanes, and um, there's a concern there for, for a lot of people. Are, are they, you a, they Steve, want to go to work. Are you a commercial I, pilot or a private pilot? I am. Commercial pilot. I'm a commercial pilot. What has this, 787. Okay, what has this... What has this done to air traffic? Because, I, I mean, I, I'm seeing all the reports about all the major airlines that are just parking planes and, you know, cut, laying off people. And the, a lot of the flights, that, I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I haven't been on a flight that wasn't completely and totally full. I'm hearing these reports about flights that have 10 or 12 people on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's true. The demand has is, is fallen off, um, you know, steeply, if you will. And... Right. Um, uh, we hope it will come back. We we we, we don't know, but um, yeah, there's part of part of me not flying is actually there's just no demand anymore. Right. And the other part is you know I usually go to Europe for China, and we're not doing that anymore. So yeah, yeah, we're very concerned about um, about the business plan, but we're also very concerned about getting sick. So we're kind of in this catch twenty two. No, no, I no. Yeah. Thanks for calling. I, I understand that was kind of the point, Jeff. Uh, I'm a garbage man in the suburbs of Milwaukee, and obviously we provide an essential service, especially during times like this. We do try our best to minimize our risks with handling of people's trash that could be infected, but even if my boss were come to me and tell me that I had the option to go home if I didn't feel safe, I would still work for two reasons. Number one, I know my job is a vital asset to the communities to help stop the spread of this, and two, I'd feel guilty sitting at home with a job I'm able to do while there's people that would love to be working and not able to. That is one of the points, and this is, I'm going to climb up on my soapbox for just a minute here. Um, for the people that, that are working, and w- if you're working in retail, you're at the pharmacy, you're, you're at the grocery store, you know, you got the cashiers, and, and I'm, I am sure that stress levels are, are just at, at 10. I mean, they're, they're in the red. And, and I'm sure that there's people, look, everybody's frustrated, everybody's scared, everybody's angry, everybody's uncertain. And I guess my mission and message is, okay, don't, if you're hacked off because you're in the grocery store and some jack wagon before you has bought all the toilet paper, don't, don't take it out on the cashier. Or the the person that's bagging your groceries, or the the guy that's stocking the shelves. Just just don't don't do that. If you're you know if you're at the hardware store because you're hacked off and you and you've got to get something because something's broken, you can't get somebody out to fix it or whatever. Don't just I we gotta I think try to recognize that this is a community. And I don't mean to sound like Mister Rogers, but. It, it's it's kind of one of these messages. We're all frustrated, and so you know you don't you don't want to lash out. Hey, you go to pick up that pizza from the delivery place, or you order the pizza and the guy's ten minutes late. Don't yell at the delivery guy. They've got a lot of other stuff on their plate. Let's talk to Kim in Manitowoc. Kim, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. How are you, you doing today? I am well, thank you. What do you think? So I do IT um, for a manufacturing facility, and we are in we have facilities in four different states. Um, manufacturing is still running as usual, and um, I'm in charge of the servers and all the computer equipment. Um, currently, I am building as much hardware as I can for people to be able to work from home yeah. um, if it comes to that. Um, but I don't want to stay at home. It's lonely at home. It's just me and an old dog who snores all day. I want <laughs> yeah. to be at work with the people that I work with, and um, I yeah. can't afford not to work anyway. Are, are you are you afraid that those people you're around might be carrying this disease and might get you sick? No. No. Good enough. No, thanks. For, no. Okay. Well, no, and I, I, yeah, and I mean that's, 
I, I mean, for example, here, like I say, there's there's a fraction of the number of people that are typically here, and we're all extremely, I think, mindful. We have the 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 disinfectant wipes, and we wipe down the places, and we all have our little things that we put over the microphone, and we all have the things, the hand sanitizer. Now, that's not a guarantee that somebody somewhere. And we're trying to maintain distances, but that's not a guarantee that somebody somewhere hasn't been exposed. But, you know, we're, we're all trying, it, at least we're, we're invested in this, and nobody wants to get sick themselves, and certainly nobody wants to get anybody else sick. Um, Scott in Milwaukee. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Scott. I am an operations manager for a local bank here in uh, southeastern Wisconsin, and okay. we have operations centers in Milwaukee and Illinois and business as usual. People are still coming in and making payments, uh, wanting their deposits to their savings and checking accounts. And we can't do this stuff from home. Right, 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 right. How do you feel about that? I mean, are you, is it, is it, do you have any issues with coming into work? There's, there's people that are coming in that, uh, you know, don't have the greatest track record for being healthy. And it is concerning. Uh-huh. Um, I have children at home, and the last thing I'd want to do is maybe be one of these silent carriers and right. take it and uh, bring it to someone and have them get sick. I know there's a saying, don't act as if you don't have it. And you're provi- Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. I have a text here. I should email. Jeff, I just heard that Kohl's and Ikea stores are closing completely. You can verify this. It would be interesting. I don't know about Ikea, but Kohl's... Okay, Melissa, you're shaking your head about Ikea. You haven't heard about Ikea. I haven't heard anything about Ikea, but but Kohl's store, that is correct. Kohl's announcing that they are going to close all their stores until April 1st. I think there's two things that are going on here. First is that I, I think there's probably a legitimate concern for their their employees and the safety of their employees and the health of their employees. And secondly, my, my guess is it's 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 also probably a business decision because my guess is that shopping is just dropping off big time at, at places like Kohl's. And I think just like see some of the restaurants that are allowed to stay open. I was trying to make this point earlier. Some of the restaurants that are allowed to stay open to do like takeout or delivery stuff. Well, they're going to close anyways because there, there's just there's just not going to be enough business to support it. You know, people aren't going to be patronizing enough to make it worth the time to bring people in and you know turn on the lights and do all that stuff. Now that's certainly not all the businesses, but there are going to be businesses decisions that are out there. In any event, Coles um, April first, I think, is their ten date for reopening, but um, no cold stores. And I don't know about IKEA. The emailer was referencing that as well. Okay, I am, I am sympathetic to the plight that that we all find ourselves in. I, I, I am. A, a lot of things, things way beyond our control, have caused problems. And you know, there, there's a lot of different aspects of that. There, there's one group of people who. I, I am sympathetic to the plight they are in. I, I am. But at the same time, sometimes when we make, or at least in my opinion, bad decisions, you, you shouldn't be surprised at the consequences. For example, some very dear friends, and I, I had mentioned this before, they were scheduled to leave tomorrow for a, a week 
in Mexico, at a, not Cancun, I forget exactly where it is they go, but every year they take their kids and their grandkids, they pay for it, it, it it's, it's a great couple, they're going to take them to Mexico, and, and they really wanted to go, because it's a big family thing, and Mexico doesn't have the travel ban, but, 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 they, in my opinion, correctly decided it's just it's just too risky to go right now because you you might get down there and then they they might you might not be able to get a plane trip back even they might cancel the flights you might just end up getting stuck there this is not the time to be leaving the country and that's a decision that i agree with completely and totally i mean i think it just makes sense i have another some dear friends of of ours who um, go to Cancun every year, and I think they're supposed to. They were supposed to be leaving next week, I believe. Well, they've canceled the trip for for exactly that reason. I mean, it. it, it I don't know that it's so much concerns that they might get sick, but it said, okay, we're going to leave the country, and you know what what happens. If there's quarantines, what happens if the airlines cancel it? What happens if we're stuck down there? And it might sound fun to think, oh, um, okay, if you're going to be stuck, we're going to be stuck in an all-inclusive resort in Cancun. Okay, well, my guess is, you know, that that gets old after a while. So with, with that, so I, I mean, I applaud them. I think it was the smart decision because, in all honesty, I think it would have been irresponsible for them to leave the country now. All right, which brings me... I was watching Good Morning America this morning, and they had a story on that was then it, the Wall Street Journal had a version of this as well. And what they were doing is they were highlighting Americans who were overseas and were essentially stuck because they, they cannot get back. They're not sick, but they can't get back because the, the countries have imposed limits on, on travel or because just the, the airlines have canceled the flight, so they, they can't get back. All right, so let me, let me just share two of the stories as they appear in the Wall Street Journal, and then we're going to talk about this. Lima, Peru. It was supposed to have been what the American family called a bucket list trip for 77-year-old woman whose husband had died last year. A trip to Peru with relatives to see the 15th century Inca Citadel of Machu Picchu, okay? But on Monday, a week into her trip, an email came from the U.S. Embassy in Lima telling her and her daughter that they had to get out of Peru fast. With the coronavirus pandemic on the march, Peru had declared a state of emergency, enacted a two-week mandatory quarantine, and announced air travel out of the country would halt by midnight. By the time they tried to travel, flights had been grounded. So, you know, so they're they're stuck. Okay, but... The, the point of this is they they left like a week and a half or two weeks ago. All right, then they go on and they have this other story uh, dot, 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 about you know another family that uh, okay, um, an American, nine friends from Oregon at a hotel in Morocco think it's time the U.S. government stepped in. They returned from a night in the desert to be told by the hotel manager that the city was going into lockdown. They called the U.S. Embassy and were told the country's borders were closed on Friday. Um, they were unable to find airline tickets home. They're stuck in Morocco. They arrived there on March 7th, which would have been you know less than two weeks ago. All right, I don't mean to be unsympathetic to this. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And and I want to. I, I hope that the, you know they're able to work with the State Department and figure out a way to get home because I I can't imagine. 
I, I can't imagine that it's pleasant at all, hotel room or not, to be stuck in Lima, Peru, or to be stuck, you know, where, wherever in Morocco or, or wherever else you are for the foreseeable future. Having said that, though, having said that, there are consequences to actions. And I, I guess even two weeks ago, I would have thought that there would be all sorts of red flags, a bucket list trip or not, given what was going on in, in the world, you know, given what was happening in China, given what was happening in, you know, Italy, given what was happening, even acknowledging that, you know, what we know today is different than what we knew 10 days ago. I think it was borderline irresponsible to leave to leave the country. I mean, we were seeing what was playing out on cruise ships. Now, I understand, you know, flying into a place is is not the same as getting on a cruise ship. But I have to tell you, there is no way in God's green earth that I would, in the last week or 10 days, have left the country for a voluntary trip. Now, I mean, maybe if this was something where, hey, you've got your kid is studying in Spain and she's... I don't know. She, she's got to get out of there, and you're afraid she's going to get sick, and you don't want her traveling by yourself, so you fly over there to pick her up. Oh, okay, may, maybe something like that. But to, to leave the country for a pleasure trip over the course of the last you know, 10 days, I, 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 I'm sorry that they are stuck. I hope the government does everything it possibly can to get them back. But part of me says, what did you think was going to happen? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Obviously, we've got to get these people back. We've got to do everything we can to, to, to get the American citizens back. But, gee, the idea that, oh, it's tougher to get a flight or it's expensive to get a flight. What, what were you thinking leaving this country knowing what was going on in the world? Is that too harsh? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. No way I would have left this country on a pleasure trip in the last few weeks, bucket list trip or not, traveling with friends or not. This, I just think it's been so predictable that something you know like this would happen, that you'd get over there and you'd get stuck. Would you have gone? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Jeff, you realize that many people were not aware of coronavirus and the risks because they haven't been following the news. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I, it, it's not like, I mean, we, we've been talking about coronavirus since December. Now, I understand, you know, it's been ratcheted up over the course of the last, you know, couple weeks, but I, I, I stand by this. I, I'm saying, okay, if, if in early March, you know, so two, two and a half weeks ago, you, knowing what we knew, you made the decision that, hey, I'm, I'm going to travel to, to Lima, Peru. I'm going to travel to Morocco. All cool trips. But, I mean, couldn't, didn't you really, wasn't it reasonable to expect that, hey, given what's going on in this world with coronavirus, there are going to be problems? Let's talk to James in Milwaukee first. James, you're on WTMJ. How you doing, Jeff? Good. What do you think? 
I leave these chuckleheads sit uh, unless they unless they got an emergency back in the United States here. I leave them sit. Send a message to the rest of these chuckleheads that if you want to take a vacation and that, and you knowing that, like you say, you got an outbreak of this. You know, like you always say, reaction and action. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Do you think? I mean, some people would say, you know, look, it, it was different two weeks ago than it is now. I mean, some people would say, well, it didn't it didn't seem like it was going to be as serious two weeks ago. So it's not fair to it's not fair to look back and say, OK, in retrospect, it was a stupid decision to go. But based on, you know, March 7th, maybe people shouldn't have known not to travel. Well, I, I, I well, whether whether they figure the country has it or not, uh I still, I, I still would let, let them sit. Let, 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 send a message to some of these people. If they got too much, they got too much money, and they got too much time on their hands, then yeah. then, they, then let them sit for a while. They, well, they cool their heels, cool their jets. Well, James, I, you got. I mean, I'm, look, if you got Americans that are trapped overseas, you have to, you have to do what you can to, to get them back. And, and so, I mean, I, I, I don't think you can just like abandon people. But you know, I guess. I, I look at this, and I'm, I'm sorry they're stuck over there. But I, I do go back to this thing, thinking, what you know, what what were you, what were you thinking? Let's talk to Lori in East Troy. Hi, Lori, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Um, you know, I do think that we didn't know how bad it was. Cruise ships have had norovirus for years. We've had cruise people stuck. It's not an unusual story. So probably two or three weeks ago, I would have gotten on a plane because. It wasn't in, only in Asia. The, the, the coronavirus was only in Asia. They hadn't talked about spread, and everybody was really keeping it quiet. So I feel I, I feel we have an obligation to help the people, especially those who left in early March. Okay. Well, I, we, well un, unquestionably, I think we have an obligation to help, to help them get back. I guess I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, like I say, two weeks ago, I was talking to my friends who were going to Cancun, which is far different than Machu Picchu. And I was saying, man, I think you guys are crazy because you're, you're going to get down there and there's a good chance that you're, you're going to get stuck. So maybe my crystal ball was better. I, <laughs> you know. I have friends in Hawaii and I'm worried they're not going to make it home. So I understand. Yeah. I, I, but yeah. I, as I said, I just the cruise ships weren't enough of a warning sign because it's been kind of hard for the port. Okay, well, thank, thanks. Well, thank again, you. I, and I, pre, I mean, well, okay, now, now, it was early March that we were starting that we had, I think, the first corona death virus in, death in the U.S. I, and, and again, I, I understand hindsight is twenty twenty, and, and we, we do have to bring these people back. I mean, I'm not, I'm, we got to do everything we can to get it. And I do feel bad for them, like I say. But at the same time, if I were their family members, or if I had, Two weeks ago, if I had, if my mom was 77 years old and was planning bucket list trip or not to, to go, you know, over to Machu Picchu, you know, or, you know, wherever, I, I would have said, Mom, you're, you're crazy. I mean, this, I know it's a bucket list trip, but do you understand what's going on in the world nowadays? And don't you understand the, these very, very real chances that as this thing starts to explode, and it and it was at that point in time it was exploding in different parts of the world that we just you know you just never know what's going to happen and don't you see all these cruise ships that are canceling the things and I understand traveling is is different than that but I I you, you do we bring them back yes I I get it but at you know when I'm watching these interviews with these people I I would like to have the reporter or the TV commentator at some point in time look and say I'm just curious what what were you thinking. When you made that decision to go, 
And I, I understand that people, you know, you never want to think about the worst case scenario and you want to go and you want to take your vacation and all of that. I mean, I certainly understand all that, but I, I'll tell you this. I, I'm glad that my friends are canceling ver- their various trips to Mexico. See what's going on in Mexico? I mean, my, Mexico isn't even doing the social distancing stuff. Mexico, they're playing soccer games. They're having the big music festivals. Everybody's hanging out. Um, hope they know what they're doing. 